0: my name is thomas j bepko and i've been in the mortgage and real estate industry for over 17 years i've hit rock bottom and been able to come back with a vengeance through gratitude consistency and resilience Through the same principles, I've been able to grow my teams, scale my businesses, and mentor others to do the same. It's going to be about Thomas Befko's story, about my story. Certain things that drive people, and and I believe that there's a rare breed out there, and some of them don't even know that they have. 16th year in the business, I started taking social media seriously. Immediately, I saw the results. You have to help people. You have to do the right thing a day at a time. Through my experience, I can help a lot of people, a lot of people can relate to the things that I've been through. We want to take you and push you to that limit to get you to where you want to be, and all I knew how to do was work. I knew i work hard. I just didn't stop no matter what life threw at me. What's up, everybody? Episode 3, Thomas Bepco podcast. And by popular demand, I have my beautiful wife, Lila Bepko on. This is my wife. And we're putting her on the podcast. We're going to talk about, we're going to ask her some good questions today. And then we're going to go through our relationship. Oh, boy. And... Hopefully uh, hopefully you guys get something out of it. So, Lila, I know you very well. I know you, you are my best friend, and you're the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me, and I believe that. Mm. But I'm gonna ask some questions, and the viewers are gonna get to know you. Sounds good. So who is Lila Bevko?
1: So I am a mom to a beautiful 18-month-old boy, our son, Cole. I am a step-mom to another beautiful, almost eight-year-old boy, Daniel Bebco. Bebco Boys. The Bebco Boys. I am a wife. Um, I am a daughter. I am a sister. Um, And I am a helper, somebody that feels very passionate about helping others to, it's in every part of my soul and being.
0: You're a healer. You have helped a lot of people. You've helped me. Sometimes I think I'm your number one patient.
1: Sometimes I think you are too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that dynamic. Yeah,
1: we'll get into that later.
0: So where did you grow up?
1: So I grew up in not too far from here in Weston, Connecticut. Um, my parents, my, my mom was nine months pregnant with me. They moved from New Jersey by the shore. Shout out to Jersey. We love Jersey. Love New Jersey. Um has a really bad rep, but when you get to know it, it's it's a great place. Beautiful beaches, beautiful people. It's our great faith. place. It's our yeah. faith. Um, and so I, my parents still live in Weston in the house that I grew up in. So that's really cool, really special. Like when I go home to my parents' house, it really still feels like home to me.
0: That's the most special house. If you guys have been there, have you? You know, we're talking about that energy there. Yeah. It's a, definitely a healer, healing house, helper yeah. house.
1: So both, you know, this is a little more about me. Back to your question, who is Lila Bebko? Um, Both my parents are therapists. Um, They've both been practicing for over 30 years. My father is a licensed clinical social worker. My mother is a licensed professional counselor. I have that degree as well, followed in both of their footsteps. Um, And I grew up watching them help people. They worked right out of the house. They have an office right out of the house. So um, I always you know, knew what they did, and it, I always felt moved to do it as well.
0: So they influenced you
1: in, in to become?
0: Ma-
1: yeah, in a major way. Um, they, they were, you know, no childhood is perfect. Um, you know, no parents are perfect, but I can really say that they instilled really important morals and values in, in me, and I'm super, super grateful for both of them and both of their influences that they've had in my life.
0: I love the Sussman's. Mm-hmm. They are my mother and father-in-law. Mm-hmm. They're in-laws. The, they're my in-laws. They're uh, the most amazing people. Very, very kind, and they love to heal. So, me knowing them, I understand. Getting to after I start to get to know them, my in-laws or your parents, I, I, I understand your motivation to help. So, shout out to the Sussmans.
1: That's why you were attracted to the Sussmans. because uh, yeah. we I, all help.
0: I walked in the first day and I <laughs> melted. So. They were open arms trying to help me. Remember that?
1: Yeah, I do. You spilt your whole life story to my mom in ten minutes. I'm not not ashamed. And you're still here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They didn't run. I think I think that's what opened them up. The first time I met them is Mm -hmm. the way I opened up to them. And that's probably how I got you too, honey. I opened up like a one of the many reasons. Open book. I was an open book. Yep. You think you could help me? (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Did you think you could help me? Like, was that attracted to you? Like, you're like, wow, this dude's fucking job.
1: No, I was attracted, I was honestly attracted to, um, you You had your shit together on paper, you were very motivated, (laughs) successful, and honestly, you were spiritual, I really liked that, you talked to me right away about, you know, like your gratitude practices, and that you get on your hands and knees and pray in the shower every day, Um, and I was really looking for somebody that shared a similar belief system at that time, like I was... 28 and like looking for something a little more serious and um, definitely knew what I didn't want at that time and I always say to people that that like spirituality and your realness it was so attractive.
0: Thank you honey. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into me and us yet but we'll go through the rest of the life, then and we'll get okay. back to the, the goods. So you parents influence you. You obviously you are a healer. You love to help people. There are people out there that are, in the sim- are similar and like to help people. So if someone was going to start in that career or is on that path, what would one thing you would tell them or a few things you would say to a person who is trying to be a healer or studying to be a healer?
1: It's funny. So I was just talking about this with one of my clients. Um, this, this, so I think the most important thing to be a good therapist, clinician, that's what you're asking, okay. right, like along that path, Um You really have to have a passion for helping. Um, The schooling is kind of long and intense. Um, After a bachelor's degree it's two years full-time of school or like a four-year part-time program. I took almost five years actually because I had to work and go to school at the same time. Um, So you really have to have a passion for helping. Um, It's completely worth it. All the loans that I have and um, you know the time spent in school and a lot of my friends were working and making money, that was really difficult, but I never regretted it. And I always knew that to get to do what I love doing is so important, and the good outweighs the bad. I get to work every day, and it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, you know, to me, that's wealth, right? Yeah. To be able to love what you do. Yeah. It, it fulfills me, it rejuvenates me. It like cleanses my soul it really does so I'm an extrovert and I, I actually learned this from my therapist extroverts get heightened and like um rejuvenated and recharged by people so that really resonated with me
0: that's very interesting mm-hmm. well, I can see that happen I mean you light up I mean you help a lot of people I mean you're my wife and I am you're my best friend and I see how many people you help on a daily basis and it's it's really really a true gift I don't know if you guys that don't know my wife it really it's it's good to see I'm super proud of her She's also yeah. she's also quite the entrepreneur, and I didn't really know that until she went out and opened her own practice. But so, where is Lila today? Like, where business and your yeah. career? So, so, where are you today?
1: Go back eighteen months because that's a huge part of my life and where I'm at today. Today's um, Cole's
0: 18th month birthday,
1: by the yeah. way. He's 18 months. So today. that was a big, 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 big life transition for me. I feel like we could definitely have a 17-hour-long podcast on you know, motherhood and especially for, for anybody, but for me as a working human, right, and I got a lot of my fulfillment and, and passion out of working and helping people, I was, um, it really rocked me, motherhood, and you know, the shift from only really focusing on, on my clients and my my small family, my, my stepson and TJ and, um, you know, you, yeah. and then going to motherhood, so, I kind of felt this like sense of, uh, how do I say, it? a lot of mothers feel like they have a hard time talking about this. I really think that it's so important to give moms that are struggling like a voice and to be honest about it. But um, it, I felt unfulfilled in the early, early phases raising a young infant. Like when Cole was just born, I would say first maybe three months. I never felt love so strong in my entire life, which you actually told me when yeah. you had Daniel. You said, you think you love me or you think you love your parents, wait until you have a child. Yeah. And the love is so intense and I actually was able to a- a- attach to Cole right away. I felt incredibly like, protective of him and so in love, like a feeling yeah. y- you really can't explain until you experience it. Um, but motherhood, keeping a little infant alive, was also very... It wasn't stimulating for me like work was. It wasn't fulfilling to me like work was and it was incredibly, incredibly isolating. So... We had talked about me opening my own practice. We built a house last summer um, in Southport, Connecticut. And um, we built an office out of our house. So side entrance, separate entrance for clients. It's a beautiful office. And I do currently see clients out of that house. However, with um, becoming a mom, private practice alone felt very isolating for me. And so I also started working with a wonderful guy. He's a psychiatrist. His name is Mohammed Al-Samra. And we opened, we actually just moved last week to a new office. I've been working with him since last August. Um, And we just moved an office and we're actually growing. We've hired two new therapists. We've hired an APRN recently. So we are a clinic in Westport, Connecticut. So I'm two days private practice from our house and then I work three days there. Place called Meditox Care.
0: Meditox in Westport. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Quite the entrepreneur, honey.
1: Yeah, I learned from the best.
0: (laughs) Could picked up a lot of clients fast. And you you have, so how many patients, I mean, how many people do you see a week? Rough estimate. So I
1: see about 20 clients a week, um, run one group a week. um, And that's honestly by choice because I also try to, you know, really balance my time. Cole is still young and I really try to spend. 90% 90% of my time I'm not working with him so balancing has been really challenging but I'm also really grateful that I get to you know make my own schedule and I have the luxury to be able to only work 20 hours a week. Yeah. So it's, it's usually a little more than that but I, I try to keep it at 20 with with COVID and you know everything that the challenges the mental health challenges the financial challenges that people are struggling mm-hmm. with I could work 70 hours a week if I let myself right now but Trying to do twenty
0: twenty five. You're not even taking on new clients right no, now. No. Mm-hmm. Not right now. Um, but hopefully we can help some people by the things we talk about here. And, and I
1: know a lot of people that are taking on new clients. Yes. Partners of mine. So Okay.
0: So definitely. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you guys need Struggling. help, mental health, drug addiction, right? So what do you so what do you specialize in? Maybe we'll start there, the people you like, the people you're
1: sure. So um, my main wheelhouse is substance abuse, anxiety and depression. Um When you treat anxiety or depression or substance abuse, you're usually, you see it's called a co-occurring disorder. So usually, right, if somebody's addicted to drugs, there's an underlying feeling or issue like anxiety or depression. Um, You know, we can call it pain, right? That's a lot of times what it is. It's pain. That that leads to whatever the addiction is, whether it's drugs, gambling, sex, right? Shopping. Eating. um, Eating, yep. We treat eating disorders, too. Um, So... I like to work going, like, a little bit deeper and getting to kind of the root of of the issues. Um, But I see anxiety, depression, I mean, a gamut of mental health disorders, mood disorders. We really treat eating disorders, everything, everything under the sun, you know? So, yeah.
0: I've had a lot of pain that I've worked on over the years, and you've obviously helped me with that for, we've been here, what, eight years now? Seven, seven and a
1: half? Seven eight. in February will be seven. No, January. We met in January. January. Started really dating in April.
0: <laughs> I, I said we started dating after the first couple of nights we were together, I thought.
1: Yeah. You thought or I thought? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're not going to get into that right <laughs> yet. We will. We will. Just not <laughs> yet. So I'm just, look, we had so many questions. And I look, I, I know most of these um right now so let's let's get into this if we have so somebody right now with mental health is up and drug addictions up a lot of the things people are trying to deal with the covid and the isolation being themselves and things partially being opened or everything they're going through financial right all that type of stuff like what what's the what would be like the best advice you could give somebody to help let's say struggling right now with everything that's going on? Right. I mean, there's so much going on. I know it's a big question, but like, how would you? No,
1: honestly, to reach out for help, to get support, to not be ashamed of, you know, maybe taking medication from a psychiatrist if that's what you need. These are really, really challenging times for everybody. You know, just like I was talking to the psychiatrist I work with last week, the substance abuse rate, the suicide rate, the depression rate, anxiety, it's all like skyrocketed in 2020. It's been a Shit's really, right really crazy year. So talking to somebody, um, like taking that step, choosing yourself, advocating for yourself can be huge. Just having a safe place to go to even vent, yeah. right? Some people don't need medication. Some people do. Not judging yourself, being kind to yourself, and, you know, taking a step to, to choose yourself is so important. If, if you don't choose yourself and you don't have you know, a clear mind or you don't, um, you know, you're not sound enough, then you can't take care of others. You can't be a good parent. It's yeah. difficult to be a good wife. It's hard to be a good son, daughter, whatever it is, you know, when you don't have a clear head. So,
0: And there are, there's a hotline, too, right, to help? Like, if you are needed a 2 one what's the hotline?
1: So, if you're under 18 or if you're you're struggling with somebody who's under 18, you can call 2-1-1, okay. which is a That's mental health... Crisis Threat. hotline.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Is there a mental health for adults?
1: There's there's suicide hotlines. Um, you can literally just Google them. There's tons of different ones, depending on wh- where you are, what state. But yeah, there's a lot of resources out there.
0: Okay. Cool. We. Um, so. I mean, we look. We we struggled during COVID, right? We struggled. We had a lot going on. We had a lot going on. you know I was talking about this morning last we've been in COVID for seven months. Wow, already right? It's crazy, right? We end of February, early March. Who knows really when it came? But when we started going lockdown was like what March 11th or 14th, so it's rolling rolling into the seventh month. Um, But we had shit. Shit was hectic, you know. You know with the schools being canceled, kids being home, nobody going to work. Right, we started. We were isolating. Well, I remember we were like waking up, thinking well, hopefully we're not going to be sick today. I mean, remember like those first couple weeks and months, like people were just
1: wiping down containers of food with Lysol, yeah. and you know, not knowing if like there would be food left in the grocery store the next day. It was a
0: pretty. So we we can definitely crazy. we have compassion for the people who are struggling, right? We yeah. we've been there ourselves. Like it's shit's hectic, but you know, no this, alone
1: time, no, no no time as a couple. That really difficult
0: we uh i stepped up my therapy game right during those times. I mean, we had each other, obviously, we, you I lean on you for you're my number one call. Then I go to your dad, then I go to my therapist. <laughs> so that's kind of my three three amigos. But your
1: therapist is also our couples therapist, which we yeah. we also started to need again in court. We
0: did. We did and we're not ashamed to talk about mm-hmm. it, right? We we understand that every relationship takes work, right? And I had a therapist a while ago, and I told you about one of the process, not the process, the way he put it in term, plain terms for me. It's like, look, every time, just think about your relationship as a bank account, like a savings, and every time you invest in your relationship and going to therapy or spending time, it's all an investment. It's all an investment. It's all an investment in your relationship. And I think, I mean, sometimes, I mean, it gets very difficult with us, but we're not perfect, but we do, we do communicate. We understand that communication is key. In our relationship mm-hmm. right being honest with each other and communicating and we're not afraid to get help if we need it right yeah. if we got it you know therapy's been great you know you really put me on to therapy since we met right and i've been you know i've tried to help myself less better better myself for the last seven years um you see a therapist too mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i don't know if you can't be honest with yourself you can't be honest with anybody else mm-hmm. And we, were t- we talk about this all the time. It's like, look, dude, the truth will set you free. Right? And we were like, well, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about our relationship and like being true to each other, being true to myself. Right? And I've learned all this, and especially was fast forwarded. And when I got sober over 10 years ago, no, 10, this is my 10th year, 10 years in March. So it's a big year for me. Congrats. Thank year. you. And um, I learned that was my opening. AA was my opening to my spirituality and then they teach you to, to take that spiritual journey and open it up and now is through the same principles in AA as well as therapy and couples therapy and prayer and meditation and jujitsu right Those are, that's kind of like my game my head game my physical game and you know I, I really try and do the right thing a day at a time and be honest with myself and my wife and everybody else
1: So going back to what you were saying though, like what you said, your one of your challenges after alcoholism
0: was my commitment issues, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: committing to you. And I was, I was just as scared to commit to somebody as I was scared to put down the alcohol, right? It was really, I learned, I saw the parallels in the two, right? I'd done all this alcohol work and all this bullshit work that I had had to face. And then maybe I was ready to take that next step, right? To, you know. Commitment issues are were tough for me. You know, we finally committed. I'm hundred percent committed. My beautiful family and my beautiful wife is the best decision I've ever made, besides putting down the alcohol, right? You know, and it's all about a decision you want to make, right? You you make the decision, but then once the decision's made, it's the actions you take after that decision to stay committed or stay off the alcohol or stay I'm not a I'm not a therapist, but through my experience, these are the things that I've pushed through or accepted that i have to find a different way that tj's way was not working and take another path and staying on that path it's it's not easy but it's definitely doable and i do i I wake up every day with with those goals in my mind and my gratitude like thank grateful for not being able to drive grateful for not drinking grateful for being committed grateful for my family great you know grateful being honest with myself and for people struggling, like, look, shit sucks right now, and you got to find those small things with gratitude to push you through it. And that—that's what helped me. That was the biggest trick through all the issues I've been through, was trying to find gratitude and peace in the worst shit, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I, you know, we talk about a lot. Look, I, you find the opportunity in the bad shit, right? And if you're grateful for it, it's not easy to do, and you know that's kind of how we—I built myself and we built this relationship. I think it's end.
1: important too to like. To be able to talk about the hard stuff too like a lot of people i was going to say men but people women too you see it right more with men but struggle with commitment issues and it's nothing to be ashamed of like we got to the other side i think it's important to note like you know you can if, if two people want to work on something you can really get through anything and like we did yeah we went to therapy every week for a year straight um, but we we we're still we
0: still in therapy I mean, yeah
1: we've taken breaks but like we're committed to each other and I think that's the biggest thing like if you're struggling with even yourself in a relationship if you're committed to doing the work you're going to see the rewards and so we really like yeah it's you know quarantine and we have a young child and we have an 8 year old you know part time almost 8 year old um, you know like but you constantly if you're putting in the work like I know that we will get through anything together because we we uh, are committed to doing so, right? So it's it's important. Like, you know, there's a lot of people have shame. And, like, I talk to my clients about some of our struggles because we're humans. Keeps we got it through it real. And it keeps it real, yeah. They say as a therapist you only disclose if it's going to help your client. Mm. It's never supposed to be about you, and I totally agree with that rule. But I disclose because a lot of people struggle with this stuff, right? Yeah. And they don't know that you can get through the other side, but it just takes wanting to, wanting to change.
0: It's not for people who need it. It's for people who want
1: it. Exactly.
0: And if you can – it's not a str—it's not really a strike to your ego either. Like, it feels like, like i got going to see a therapist. I don't need therapy. Like, what
1: the fuck's I mean, wrong with me? What the Am fuck's I wrong crazy? with me? It's not
0: – you know, and look, I struggled with that too for years until my th- – 30s right so in my life i became an adult like 30 31 and then i still worked through a lot of the other shit that came up through now to to this day and you know it's it's not an easy road but it's way better i mean it feels like again you, you invest into it it's gonna pay off it's gonna pay dividends right it's if you invest your time and your effort into your relationship just like your job or your career or your fatherhood or whatever whatever you're doing parenting um and you stay consistent with it, it's going to work. I mean, we're living proof. Mm-hmm. We're, we're living proof, and hopefully we could, you know, if you guys are struggling and you need help, just reach out. It's there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you're not married to a therapist either, right? You're not married to a therapist. If it doesn't work.
1: You find someone else.
0: You find Sometimes
1: someone Sometimes a therapist helps you with one thing, and you feel a lot better. You only need it for three months, six months. It's not a forever thing.
0: It's not. But some people continue. mm mm-hmm. So if you guys are struggling out there and you have things, look hit us up. Or We, we know a lot of people in the business. And um, a lot of, a lot of, we know a lot of healers. A lot of healers. So, honey. Yes. We're out of time on this episode right now. But I want to say thank you for coming. Thank it's you ben. for having me. It's, were you nervous?
1: Not really. Yeah, Thought great. I was gonna be more nervous than I was once I got in here. It's just like talking. I do this every day. I know. You're, a, living. you're
0: a pro. <laughs> we, you love to talk. Yep. We um. So look, if you guys out there are having issues, right? If you guys do need help, hit us up. My information: dot com. and we're gonna we're gonna bring my wife back on and we're gonna dig a little deeper.
1: Talk about us a little more. A
0: little bit. Well, because yeah. I think we, I think we, we've been through things, I mean, we were constantly working on ourselves. And I believe that people can vibe with us about it, right? People, we have some real life shit we've been through, some real life shit we're going through, and real ways to fucking deal with it, mm-hmm. right? The way we deal with it, and you know, we face it. So, I think that um, I, I mean, we hopefully get everybody we can to help other people, right? Exactly, and get people to tune in. Hopefully, sounds
1: we'll, good. Love
0: you. Love you